Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. Water. Earth. Fire. Air. You're listening to the Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Clark, and this is Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. My brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe... Aang can save the world. Today we will be discussing The Legend of Korra, Season 4, Episode 12, titled Day of the Colossus. Yet another excellent episode, otherworldly Brilliant. Like, this is just one of those episodes that we get every once in a while from either Last Airbender or Legend of Korra. Uh, That is exactly what you want from the penultimate episode of the series. Where it's just one giant action sequence. And the whole thing is brilliantly crafted and exhilarating and has some really powerful moments. And again, like I said, not even 30 seconds ago. Like, this is everything you want from the penultimate episode of the series. It is it is phenomenal in so many ways. Uh, so, before we get into the, all the big giant mech stuff, uh, I want to very quickly cover the Woo subplot, since that's pretty much separate from everything else. So Prince Wu and Pema are still working to evacuate all these citizens. There's a small group left. Uh, The tracks are destroyed. There's mechs coming towards the train station. So Wu comes up with this idea. And I love this exchange of dialogue between Wu and Pema of, Hey, can you deal with this unruly mob while I'm gone? I raised Milo. I can handle anything. This is so true, by the way. This is so 100% true. Like, Pema dealt with Milo for his entire life. Like, she could deal with an unruly mob. Uh, So Wu comes back with badger moles. Giant badger moles that he got from the zoo somehow. And he's just singing to them so that they tunnel under the city and get all these citizens out. It's a really badass, uncharacteristically smart move on Wu's part. And he's just doing this really terrible singing, making songs up on the fly. And it's the absolute worst And as they're tunneling down, uh, at one point, uh, a few guys in mechs find their way down this hole and are like, Hey, you guys, come with us. You're Earth Empire prisoners. And Wu, again in an uncharacteristically brave, uncharacteristically selfless move, 
like Wu just step for steps forward and is like, hey, don't bother with these people. They're innocent civilians caught in the crossfire. I'm Prince Wu, rightful heir to the Earth Kingdom. Take me. And he concocts this scheme where he just sings. <laughs> and is like, just, I'm going to sing you a song before you take me away. And the badger moles tunnel around and stomp all over these mechs. Oh, it's so good. You're singing so bad, your badger moles have left you. You don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Wu has really grown more than any other character in this series. I'll be honest, like, Wu is the most dynamic character in this show. Like, he goes from being the most selfish, spoiled brat to this very brave, very smart, uh, very selfless person, albeit with some quirks. So, basically, he's Varric, but less of a pile of crap. <laughs> If Varric was not a piece of shit, this is Wu. <laughs> this is who Wu's become. <laughs> uh, but it really does show how much that character has grown, and that whole subplot is awesome. But now that that's out of the way, let's just talk about the main event, which is just everyone going up against this monstrosity. This massive mechanical mech. Like, it, that's just towering over everything. And we talked about how terrifying this thing is. So, very beginning, uh, they get out, get out from under the rubble. Uh, Lin joins them. And they're basically just running away from this thing. While Asami and Varric try to get those prototype flying mech suits off the ground. Literally speaking. And we get this big, phenomenal action sequence where Milo, of all people, freaking Milo, comes up with a quite ingenious plan to take this thing down. So, you have airbenders flying around with paint balloons strapped to themselves. And they're just dropping these paint balloons onto uh, the windows at the top of the mech. So that the people inside can't see. Kuvira can't see. And then they like. Do lava bending. Underneath it. They wrap some wire around it. And then they just. Shoot a crap ton of air. In it's direction. (coughs) Sorry about that. Uh, Merely choking to death. But anyway. Like they just do this, like, epic air blast. And all of this is insane. All of these moving parts of this sequence are so perfectly done, are so amazing. And it's so satisfying to watch. And then, of course, this plan does not work. This mech completely stabilizes and ends up Just walking fine. And they retreat after this. Now, in between these two big mech battles, uh, there's some middle stuff that... Honestly, they do some little 
slow, quote-unquote, middle, while not sacrificing any of that breakneck pacing for this episode. Uh, very, very well done. It's really fantastic. Uh, we get Batar apologizing to his mother and admitting how badly he screwed up, admitting that Kuvira is... <clears throat> Man, I'm very coffee today. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm coffee. That was that was totally unintentional. <laughs> Best part is I don't drink myself, so I'm not self cannibalizing. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just insane now. Anyway, we have this brilliant moment of Batar realizing how insane Kuvira is, how mad this whole idea of conquering everything senselessly is and how ruthless she is how self-serving she is he realizes that he never had a place he thought he was doing something selfless and amazing but he never really had a place with Kuvira he was just sort of there. He just served a purpose. And nothing more. Like, the last three years of his life have been based completely on a lie. And Pachar's like, oh god, uh, my brother is Opal, will never forgive me. And Sue is like, I mean, yeah, it might take a while, but... We'll work through it as a family. So now the Bay Fong wounds have finally healed. The Bay Fong family is whole again. Uh, Lin gets Hiroshi out of prison to help. And Hiroshi comes up with this awesome plan to hook plasma saws up to these hummingbirds. And just sort of tear through the platinum exterior of this mech. And it's awesome. Like, get under the skin. Attack the organs. Like, treat it like a body. Like, he explains this plan very well. And it's a really brilliant idea. And, of course, you have some more healing between Hiroshi and Asami. As a result of him working to take down Kuvira. I love how in this season, a lot of past villains are just like, Yeah, this woman's insane. She needs to be taken down. Like, we have an equalist. Someone who was taking over Republic City just a few years ago. Someone who was causing chaos in the name of equality, quote-unquote just a few years ago, saying, yeah, this woman's nuts. You have Zaheer, an agent of chaos who nearly brought down the Earth Kingdom just a few years ago, saying, yeah, Kuvira is, needs to be stopped. <laughs> I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that now we have this uber villain who's so cartoonishly evil that all the other incredibly evil people from seasons past are sort of coming out of the woodwork and saying, yeah, 
she's bad. She needs to go down. <laughs> Look, we're all evil people here, but that's about a couple steps too far. <laughs> uh, Varric does this giant EMP blast with the intention of bringing down the giant mech, but of course that doesn't work because it's running on spirit vine energy. It's not electrical like the normal size mechs, but I also do like this very satisfying image of all the mechs toppling over. <laughs> of all the mechs just sort of collapsing one after the other after the other. Like, it's just, it's great. It's real, real good. And also, just as these hummingbirds are about to go out, we have a beautiful, beautiful moment where Varric proposes to Julie. So not only has he gotten over the whole, Julie is my assistant. Uh, she does all the things for me. Like, not only is he going past that equal proposal that Julie brings up, not only is he going above and beyond the expectations she had, but they're actually getting engaged. <laughs> like, he's actually admitting, like, I'm in love with Julie, and I want to spend the rest of my life with her. It's magnificent. Also, I love how this episode is doing, like, different variations on Do the Thing, where after the EMP doesn't work, Varric says, Julie, do the thing. There are no more things to do. And the proposal, Varric literally says, will you do the thing for the rest of our lives? Like, oh my god, it's beautiful. It's perfect. I never thought I would be this in invested in Varric and Julie as a couple, but damn. Damn, this scene is so beautiful and perfect and poetic and I love everything about it. And then we get this big second mech sequence uh, where everyone's just throwing everything at this giant mech to distract it from the proverbial mosquitoes. That are about to cut through its proverbial skin. Uh, the hummingbirds that are about to burn through its platinum shell. And we get some really phenomenal action here. Some amazing imagery. It's just absolutely extraordinary. It's so exhilarating in literally every possible way. And... I love this one moment where Varric and Julie, in their hummingbird, they have the idea to, oh, get the spot on the back that no one can ever reach. But the mech can actually, like, reach that spot. Like, that's a funny moment while also adding sort of to the tension of the whole situation. Oh, also, I love how Kuvira is just, like, using this spirit vine weapon just completely indiscriminately, destroying everything. You have buildings being cut down like nothing. You have airbenders being blown out of the sky. It's magnificent. It is absolutely extraordinary and so utterly terrifying. 
Uh, but in the middle of this, we get our heartbreaking, heartbreaking ending. Hiroshi and Asami and their hummingbird latch onto the leg and start sawing through. And you get that like Star Wars moment of almost there, almost there, as this mech is sort of breaking out of its little ice prison that Korra forged for it. And as it's breaking free, Asami's like, hey, hey, we need to leave. We need to leave. We need to get out. We need to go. We need to go now. And you almost, you almost have this moment where it's just like, you're starting to realize what's about to happen. But there's a part of you that just doesn't want to accept it. Then Hiroshi just says, I love you, Asami. And then ejects Asami out of the hummingbird. And then the mech hand just comes down and swats the hummingbird. Just absolutely destroys it with Hiroshi inside, crushing him. As Hiroshi finishes the hole to be cut, that, that he was cutting in. Finishes the hole in the leg of the mech. He. Who just a few years ago. Served as a chaotic agent for a public city. Served in this hate group. That nearly destroyed Republic City. He. Who Asami was just starting to forgive. After years of being left heartbroken. Who Asami was just starting to reconnect with. After years of estrangement. After the whole equalist stuff. In this heartbreaking moment. Gives his life for a public city. As his daughter watches. And there's like a split second of mourning. And then everyone's like, his plan worked. He cut through. We need to get inside. And so they get inside. And that is where it ends. That is where we transition into our finale. Which we're going to have to wait throughout the weekend to talk about. God damn it. This is bad timing. This is very bad timing. But oh my god, that ending is so perfect. Oh my god, that ending is so amazing and creates this like full circle arc for Asami. And it's just so, so amazing. Good god, I love this moment. And okay, only one episode left. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm not gonna give any preamble. Before to the closer of this episode, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna shut up. I'm just gonna shut up. And I'll let the episode speak for itself on Monday. If you like this, 
favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archive, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just to push up a button on the Anchor app. I will play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. On Monday, we will be discussing The Legend of Korra Season 4, Episode 13, the series finale. Talk to you then.